0: All right, we are back for another edition of FW Radio Live. I am Patrick, with me Danny Dangerous, as always. Uh, will the rest of the crew be here tonight? Uh, stay tuned and find out at the same time we do. But Danny, how the heck are you?
1: I'm doing all right, doing all right. Um, you know, it's – we're – it's an exciting week of wrestling, as it always is uh, when there's good wrestling around and we've had some good wrestling this week and we have more coming up with the uh, this weekend, so i'm 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 doing well
0: yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been good. There's a lot of things that have been uh, happening, and you know it's, it, well well Eric's not here uh, let's let's go ahead and start with. Uh, the semifinals of the New Japan Cup, uh, because boy, uh, uh, we we got two pretty good uh, se- uh, semifinal matches here with uh, Evil and Sonata and uh, Hiromu versus Okada. So, uh, g- g- give me your thoughts, man. Uh, what what well, you
1: what you think? Well, my first thought was was what I was kind of talking about last week is evil had been using, you know, such more underhanded tactics, so to speak. He'd been using low blows and attack, you know, he attacked Yoshihashi before the match even started and continued to attack him after the match. Like, so I was wondering if he was going to use those same tactics against Sonata, you know, a man who's a stable mate. Uh, you know, they've, they've been tag team champions together, uh, several times and he did. He used exactly those same tactics. He low blowed him. He beat him up. He hurt him with the chair when the ref wasn't looking and um, ultimately was able to get the win. Um, so that was, it was a little shocking to see Evil take on that way. But I guess Evil feels he needs to in order to step out of the shadow of, of some of his LIJ stablemates a little bit. It's been a little while since Evil's been remembered as a top member you know with Hiromu's return with naito being double champion and even shingo being a double champion in his own right um it's i think evil was was felt like he was kind of getting a little overshadowed he's the second member of lij and everybody seemed to kind of forget about him a little bit since he, since he lost the uh intercontinental championship to chris jericho it seems like he's kind of been on the back burner a little bit so He's doing what he – I guess he's doing what he needs to in order to get to that next level.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I definitely think that, you know, we weren't sure how, what we were going to expect, but uh, it was really it was really good semifinals, both of them. But, man, to me, uh, and probably uh, right now my favorite match of uh, of the whole tournament so far uh, in that Okada versus Hiromu match. Uh, that that was great, and I think you know I think we knew how, we know how good hiromu is, but now yeah. here in his debut with the, you know really with the heavyweights in the Big Japan Cup, uh, after an outstanding match against Ishii, now he's going against Okada. Uh, yeah, he held his own. It was fantastic from beginning to end.
1: Yeah, yeah. He took he took a whole lot of Okada's best offense. He delivered a lot of his best offense to Okada. Um, you know, and he survived several different Rainmakers. He survived the uh I they're just calling it the Cobra Clutch now, I guess that submission the new submission of Okada's. It's not really the old, you know, million dollar dream, Sergeant Slaughter kind of Cobra Clutch, but it, it, it looks to me almost more like an Anaconda device. But um that's what he's been using to win his matches, and uh, Hiromu survived it several times before finally succumbing and, and being forced to submit um, or risk passing out. So yeah, it was it was exciting, and I was happy to uh, to see my man Okada get the win. Of course, as as I'm a big Okada fan, but uh, it definitely Hiromu looked great. As you mentioned, going against the heavyweights, you know, for the for the first time, I think this match with Okada was a first time ever match between he and Okada in a singles bout. Just because heavyweights and junior heavyweights don't really fight each other in singles matches that often, Um, so it was it was very you know good and exciting to see Um, such a hotly contested match. But I yeah, both both matches were great. you know, I can only imagine what our 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 finals will be now. But now that everybody's had rest, because that was one of the things too with those those semifinal matches. Uh, some of those guys had wrestled two, three days in a row at very, very high profile matches. So now we um they get they get about a week plus of rest, and then they they fight in the finals, and then the winner the very next night fights naito for both belts um so i think it's we have a very good weekend of wrestling ahead of us with a couple title matches thrown in as well apart from the uh the just the double title match
0: yeah so let, let's kind of take a look at that so we know that uh that we have the uh the finals the day prior of the knee japan cup finals yeah, um, on
1: day one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that's going to be July 11th. Uh, Okada versus Evil. And then the winner, of course, the next day, July 12th, uh, we have Dominion. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're letting fans back in now. And, yeah. And, yeah so Naito versus uh, Okada or Evil for both championships. Uh, and then Tanahashi and Ibushi. Uh, teaming up uh, against, uh, Suzuki, against Suzuki against Suzuki-gun, defending their uh, their cha- their tag team championships, and yeah, then, Golden Ace I think
1: is their yeah. tag name or Golden. Yeah, Ace Golden Ace, yeah.
0: And yeah. then Shingo defending against you know, Show uh, for the uh, never open weight championship, which could mean a title change. You never know with the open weight championship.
1: Well, yeah, the Openweight Championship does change hands a lot. Um, but something that I found that was a little more, um, I don't want to say upsetting, but it was definitely interesting to hear is that um, why we haven't seen Yo so much since his match is apparently Yo uh, tore his ACL. and poss- Possibly requiring surgery, um, which could have him out for the rest of the year. Now, Rapongi 3K are still the junior tag team champions. So I haven't heard what's going to become of those championship titles. Um, but I guess maybe we hear something about it this weekend. Maybe not. Um, you know, but it's it's just kind of something interesting to uh, to note that, yeah, Rapongi 3K will be down. So if Sho is by himself now, you know, for quite some time, maybe he does have a lot better shot at winning the never openweight championship. We saw he, you know, him beating Shingo in the first round of the new Japan cup was the first time that he's beaten Shingo one-on-one. And, uh, we know it's something that Show's been trying to do and trying to prove himself against Shingo. And that essentially earned him this championship match. So I very interested to see this match. Um, also, just to see um, what happens with the Frangi 3K, and and what happens with the Junior, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships.
0: Yeah, that's definitely going to be uh, interesting there. Um, yeah, it sucks to somebody can but here, sure though, making the best of it. I mean, he had a good, uh I mean, tournament and. Here we go. He's getting the title shot uh, at at Dominion. Uh, I guess the rest of the card will be, you know, broken down based on. I didn't look and see the full card for. I don't think the full card
1: is set. I don't think Um, the full card set yet. I think it's um, yeah. I don't think the full card is set yet for either night. Um, I think part of it depends on, yeah, on what's going on. Um. Night one, of course, would lead to night two, but um, I think those are all the the big title matches that are that were put
0: in. Yeah, so big matches. I'm I'm so happy to have uh, the show back on. Um, yes. You know, yeah. It, it's uh, I, I've missed New Japan. Uh, it'll be good to see him again. Uh, again,
1: with with the fans, yeah, yeah. I'm street. interested to see how they do that as well because they did mention that it would be, you know, a third capacity. Um, and I'm guessing they'll take safety measures and all this, like they have been. But it's a little bit harder when to take these safety measures when there's fans in attendance versus when you're by yourself. Um, yeah, you know, just with the just with the wrestlers and and the and the minimal staff. So, I'm looking to see how it'll uh, how it'll play out.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting, and I can't wait for it. Uh, but yeah, it's been it's been definitely exciting, uh, nonetheless. But yeah, so. Looking now, uh, at what else we going gone on because we've had a lot of great things. Um, let's go back to uh, AEW. Uh, they had two nights of fighter fest,
1: yes, um, yes, which because we, we didn't really talk about last week, no, did
0: we? we? You wanted to wait, no, we didn't, yeah, because okay. I hadn't seen either, so I was like, let me watch it all once, and then, okay, and then we'll get to it. So, so here we but are. I mean, it was.
1: Tag teams, tag teams, tag teams, wasn't it? I mean, that was it, it's a good thing. I enjoy tag team wrestling, but it was it seemed tag team wrestling was at the forefront of both night one
0: and night two. Well, for sure. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I guess you, you're also trying to get everybody right, uh, you, you're well, trying I'm to not... get everybody in there and try to give everybody a payday. I guess that's just the thing that you do. I don't know. It seems I to me that, be that could that be do. part of
1: it. That could be part of it, but at the same time, as, you know, I think, uh, and I talked about it briefly last week that with the the champion, the singles champion, kind of out of commission for at least a few weeks, if not more, um, you why not put tag team at the forefront? And you said why not put Kenny Omega, the best wrestler, you know, at the forefront as well? If you're not going to have your championship being defended. At, at a big event like Fighter Fest, so we had two nights, you know, of a lot of tag team matches, and two t- mat- nights of uh, championships. The championship being defended, the tag team championships being defended. Yeah.
0: So, so let, let's uh, let's take a look at that uh, first year. Uh, okay. So, the first night uh, we had. Start with the tag team match, uh, the yeah. Jurassic Express versus uh, MJF and Warlow. Um, I, of course, I haven't really walked, kept up much with a lot of uh, of AEW, so I don't know who Warlow is or where he came from. Uh, I, I would like MJF to say he just him brought him in,
1: he just brought him in as kind of his muscle. Gotcha. I don't think there's a whole big story, a backstory, he just he brought him he brought Wardlow in as, as his muscle and that's kind of Warlo's been had some singles matches he's had he's helped mjf try to win matches that kind of thing but they're just sort of teaming together recently I guess
0: gotcha uh, so that was a good match uh, you know I I, enjoy, I really enjoy uh, jungle boy you know and uh, MJF. I think that they had the best uh the best uh, match of the of the four is when the two of them work together, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, I mean they're they're both really good teams. I I definitely am always impressed with Luchasaurus and just how agile he is to be as large as he is. Um, so he definitely impresses the heck out of me when I see him. Um, But the so, match itself was fine. It wasn't, anyth- you know, it was it was good, but it wasn't anything blow you out of the water.
0: No, uh, that, a lot of it wasn't, though. I think, yeah. Mind.
1: Well,
0: yeah. So, uh, so then uh, Shida, uh defended the women's championship against Penalty Ford, Ford, uh, <laughs> and uh, probably uh, one of uh, Ford's better matches, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I I like Penelope, but I can
1: see she sometimes gets a little can be a little sloppy sometimes with her you know with her tumbling kind of the the timing of it throws it off with other wrestlers, but um, you get somebody at the caliber of Sheeta in there, and I think it's it's a, they're able to make it work and able to uh, to do some good stuff. So it's a decent match. You know, she still get gets picks up the win in, in a title defense. And continues to look strong uh, coming off her victory for the championship.
0: Yeah. Cody then defends his uh, TNT championship against Jack Hager. Uh, yeah. this, is a good, this is a very good match. Probably uh, my this is my favorite match of that of show, of part one. Uh, okay. But I was very interested in the finish and uh, seen uh, Cody, Cody, seen Dustin uh, come out and help his brother cheat to win. I thought the uh, the you know, the, the roads were about honor, respect.
1: Um, yeah, well, maybe I missed mean, something. It, it could, I mean, Dusty did like to play dirty when the time came, you know, he was fighting against guys who fought dirty. But I think it was also about trying to give the inner circle a bit of their own medicine. Um, but it was it was a little weird to see it, you know, Dustin kind of come seemingly out of the blue. You didn't expect him to come down and kind of help Cody like that, especially because they've been they've been distancing themselves a little bit from each other. Right. You know, we know that we know they're siblings, but they haven't been teaming together regularly. They haven't been, you know doing a lot of things together. You know, Dustin's been teaming with with uh with Marshall, with QT Marshall. Um and it's been yeah, so it was a little surprised to see that of all people to come and help him, but it worked. And you know, the inner circle does get a taste of their own medicine for once. Um I was Hager's ring gear looked a little odd. To me it just looked like he was wrestling in underpants. Like he was just in a pair of boxer briefs wrestling Um, since they were so nondescript. um, They kind of threw me off. It looked like he just took off his khakis and was ready to fight. Um, But, you know, guys who have, who they grew up in the same system together, you know, Um, Hager just a few years after Cody, I think, but they grew up in that WWE system. So they definitely know how to work well together.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I really – and this was, I think, almost the longest match. The main event went a little longer, but this one got a lot of time.
1: Yeah, especially for a singles match because the main event went longer, but you had four guys in
0: there. That's true. Uh, Which leads us to another tag team match. Uh, Private Party being accompanied by Michael S. Hayes. I mean, no, Matt Hardy. Versus the inner circles, Santana and Ortiz. What did they call Santana and Ortiz? Loud yeah, and proud, proud, pr- proud and powerful. Oh, proud and
1: powerful is their name. One yeah, of two really, ain't bad. I don't really dig it either. Yeah, but it was kind of billed as like a number one contenders match. Um, well, no, no, Private Party won the number one contendership and. Then they were kind of defending the number one contendership. Was that kind of what was was going Something on? Something like
0: that. Uh,
1: yeah, I think you so. Because yet again, I don't follow AEW as closely as I do some others, but I think that was it. I think they, Private Party, had won the number one contendership in another match, and they were well, kind of. Well,
0: no, def- if I remember correctly, okay. Best Friends had won the number one contendership at Double or Nothing. Okay, and so I guess. This was the number one contendership for the next title shot for the next next, round. Okay, next week, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay, I
1: mean, and two you know, two teams who've been there since the beginning. Um, and you know, Sotano and Ortiz, they're a really good team together, and it made for a fun match. It really did. And uh, you know, you had your high, a lot more flashy offense from Private Party. Um, and then just more kind of grit and and fight out of proud and powerful, right? But uh, yeah, no, it was it was as far as tag matches go. I definitely I definitely enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely two of the uh, of the solid, best solid tag team wrestling teams in AEW. I mean, and what I, what I would say about AEW is what they lack in women's wrestling, uh, they make up for in tag team wrestling. <laughs>
1: Yeah, now I, know, yeah. Well, now I know
0: where. I mean, I'm not saying it's a good thing. But, yeah.
1: Well, yeah. and and we've talked about the women's division and how it kind of feels like there's only a few people. But yeah, we also have to realize that a few of their top people were injured, and also now we're Ooh. in this COVID situation, and so a lot of a lot of divisions are feeling depleted by pe- by people. Um, but hopefully once you know they're like you said they're making up for it with the number of tag teams the number of good tag teams um by whatever whatever the women's division lacks the tag the men's tag team divisions are making up for it
0: Mm -hmm. uh so yeah so what do you think of matt hardy in the michael hayes role um
1: i mean i guess it's a full circle for him right was there was a brief time when the hardy boys were were uh Managed, managed by michael, by hayes, michael yeah. hayes yeah so now i think it's you know he can still do the top level matches but i think he also understands that it's about building the future um, right and the future the future stars so i think that he he'll still go out there and he'll still have his big matches but i think he's also gonna do what he can to build especially tag teams you know as he was primarily a tag team wrestler with his brother
0: yeah Um, what tag team would you have liked, if not Private Party, what tag team would you you would have liked to see him with? I personally would have preferred to see him with the uh, Jurassic Express.
1: Um, I think a lot of fun. there. Jurassic Express is already kind of like a trio, anyways. You know, with Marco is kind of like their third member.
0: He's more um, like a mascot for sure.
1: Well, well, he, well. When when Jungle Boy was hurt and couldn't wrestle as much, Marco wrestled more with Luchasaurus. Uh huh. So I, I consider him like a third member of the team. Of course, the main team being Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy, and Marco what? kind of being the third member. Um. But I am. Um, I don't know if there's any team that I see him like fitting directly with. You know, based on, I think Private Party's all right because they're they they have kind of have flamboyant personalities themselves. Um and and so Matt can kind of play into that some because his mm-hmm. although he's his although his persona is flamboyant in other ways, it's not so like braggadocious um, as as Private Party is. But um, I, I think they're an okay fit. I don't. I don't know if there's any other team that I would, I would put him with right out of the gate.
0: Gotcha. All right. So then that brings us to our main event of the evening: Tag Team Championships on the line. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Best Friends Crew, Chuck Taylor.
1: So one of these days you're gonna have to re- refresh people's memories about why you hate Chuck Taylor so much. Um, uh, well I mean he's Chuck Taylor. It that you just what, what, what don't why like else is 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 it something personal or is it you just don't like his wrestling oh,
0: no. it, style? It's totally non personal. I don't know the guy, I've never okay. interacted with that guy. Okay. I didn't just, I uh, didn't know if there was something yeah.
1: like that. If it's just you no. just don't really think he is well, no. You don't really like. He's a very kind of sarcastic, kind of asshole, kind of humor, and I don't think that's really your kind of humor, is it? it it's absolutely not. Yeah, so I didn't obviously. think so. So it just to you, he just comes off as an, it's not funny. It's just him being an asshole.
0: Exactly, and he's just a yeah.
1: huge turn. It's just kind of annoyance. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. Yeah, that that makes sense. I can see because yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was like you had had some if there was a if it was that plus some. Personal interaction, I'd forgotten a bit myself, but
0: um, yeah, no, no, it's no.
1: just because you just he thinks he's funnier than you do, basically.
0: He thinks he's funnier than anybody, but whatever. Well, I mean, hey, yeah, I mean, you know, thankfully he's got a, a, a best friend that can, you know, who, whose cocktails he can ride, room. yeah, yeah, that too.
1: well, he's got a few of best friends whose coattails he can ride because he's kind no, of the, sure. the lower <laughs> member of the team right now. Pretty much. I mean, he, think of. I mean, Orange Cassidy was his was his little friend for yeah. a while. Now, Orange Cassidy's kind of the bigger star.
0: Oh yeah. So, all right. Uh, so that wraps up night one of uh, Fighter Fest, Fighter Fest uh, two thousand twenty. Uh, so when we go to night two, uh, and night two, well, we open up with the tag team championships. Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Uh, By the way, that 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 main event match uh, was a very good match. Uh, Not nothing I really crave about. Um, I don't know. I'm not a a huge Adam Page fan, but okay, you don't like uh, Page either. uh, I mean, I don't dislike him. I just he doesn't do anything for me. Gotcha. You know, it's just like he's a member of the elite just because he's friends with them. To me. Doesn't, he doesn't really bring anything he's not elite to me if that makes any uh, sense okay well he's kind of the young
1: he's kind of the young boy of the elite so he's supposed yeah. to be the future star while they're the current
0: stars he's supposed to be a right. future star uh, but yeah, so um yeah so the good match though and of course uh, the artists formerly known as the revival were uh, over by the commentary and um, and they went and, you know, had a little face off with the champions and the young bucks came out. The whole ordeal. That's who we ended night one. So night yeah. two, Omega and Paige uh, defend against the private party again with Michael Hayes, not Hardy in, uh, by their side. And yeah, this is we'll another call pre- him Matt PS Hardy. There we go. Matt we'll... PS Hardy. That sounds great. Yeah. Love that. Um, yeah, another pretty good match. This was a little shorter than the main event, but a uh, great way to open up the show. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, enjoy yeah, no, the another, opening.
1: Another, another good tag team match, especially one that's that would get the, that get the crowd going, um, the energy hot and heavy with four fast-paced athletes. I like Paige. I think Paige, you know, I think he could be a top-level player. I don't like his... The silly kind of comedy, kind of cheeky, silly stuff he's doing. But I think in ring, I think he's really good. When I saw him many years ago in Ring of Honor, I thought he was really boring. But that was before he joined with the Elite and started adapting the Hangman gimmick, and before he he first turned heel in uh, in Ring of Honor as as part of the uh, the decade and and all that stuff. I didn't really like him, but once he started kind of getting heel. I could, I could really get behind him. I, I definitely think he's, he's got something there that could be a future star. So I really enjoyed seeing him um, in this matchup and just seeing him with, with Omega. They, they seem to make a pretty good team.
0: Yeah. Uh, so next up, uh, we had uh, Lance Archer versus Joey Janela, uh, where Lance basically tried to murder Joey Janela. Uh, so, yeah. Sonny Kiss try to help dies. Janella. Yeah. everybody dies. Sonny Kiss tried to help Janela. He failed miserably, but he tried. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But man, uh, I don't. I don't know. Janela looked like I mean, his back was I at mean, the end of the match was so red,
1: just from Como being thrown around. Red. Yeah. And oh yeah, and being slapped a bunch, just those pounding, pounding. Uh forearms and stuff yeah yeah it's this match went on a lot longer than i thought it was going to when i saw it on paper i assumed that you know lance would run right through about half the time but lance kind of took his time and was looking to make a mess looking to make a statement looking to make a message that when you step in the ring with him everybody dies and uh janela almost
0: died yeah you know uh one thing i'll say about archers i really like this version of archer i feel like I haven't really seen this Archer since, like, his uh, maybe his early days uh, with uh, David Boy Smith Jr. Um, yeah, you know, it's early, right? I think e- e- even actually New Japan, but when they were in Old Japan, I think that's what it was, or no? Yeah, I think it I just It's one of the two. Whatever, whatever they were, we were, they were part of Suzuki to begin with. Um, yeah. My memory escapes me. I think that Uh, was
1: Noah. I think it was Noah. Yeah. And then they left Noah and came to New Japan. Right. And then went back to Noah for a little bit and then went back to New (laughs) Japan.
0: I don't know, but, yeah, by by the end of their tag run uh, in New Japan, did you see, like, another tag team there? Yeah, yeah. And not not necessarily, like, the killer elite squad that we knew and loved. Yeah,
1: but if if you look at this – if you look at last year – um, in New Japan, Lance Archer really stepped up out of the shadows of the Killer Elite Squad and Suzuki Gun. Um, you look at even new last year's New Japan Cup, um, yeah. and the G One, and just how how good he looked. So I think he's right. and to be somebody who's almost you know he's wrestled nearly twenty years and he's still just he's hitting strides that we didn't you know that we didn't know that he had in him. Um, it's just—it's fun to watch. It really is. I—I I love watching him.
0: Yeah, uh, this—he's this, this, got right now, right now. I mean, even in his TNA days, he had—you know—you you really could see so, some big in him. But uh, right now, yeah, he's got world champion written all over him. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a championship championship gold at some point. Uh, of course, having Jake the Snake Roberts by his side, one of the uh, best evil minds in, in pro wrestling, just psychologically one of the best in the business. It's not a bad thing, you know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, of course, it's not like you know. What else can you teach somebody who's had that much time in the ring? Well, you know, you you can never stop learning and. And, you know, when you see – because I think uh, post-match, she was, like, staring at the camera all creepy-looking. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's psychology, right? And it's like if you – and there's a bit – I mean, because you can be a great wrestler, but if you don't have it outside of just the bell ringing, yeah. you know, you're not going to – You're not going to be a, think,
1: yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be a top-level guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, so, there's only so far you can go in the business if you can't right. carry yourself
0: outside of the bell-to-bell. Absolutely. Uh, now, we were supposed to have a, a big title match uh, at Firefest, Fest uh, that, of course, uh, got uh, taken away uh, from Firefest, Fest, which was Moxley versus Cage for uh, the AEW uh, World Championship. But yes. even though Cage did not walk out fire, at a fighter fest with the AEW World Championship, he did not walk out with a championship as uh, uh, well, Taz. you know, gave Brian Cage the FTW Championship.
1: I don't think anyone expected in 2020 to see Taz's old FTW Championship. Presented to a wrestler, but I guess it's yeah. kind of the way of saying, Hey, if you can't defend the belt against me, I'm gonna be champion, I'm the uncrowned champion. I think is kind of the way that they're using it now. Yeah. Um, and I guess he'll, I guess Brian Cage will defend it, you know, like Taz used to until Taz eventually won the ECW championship and kind of put the FTW on the back burner.
0: Yeah, uh, I definitely did not expect to see the FTW. Uh, you know, championship. Uh, and, but, yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, I feel like the way that Task introduced the FTW championship back in ECW uh, versus the way that Cage was headed the championship. And, okay, Cage is a very talented wrestler. He's got a great look. He's, you know, very good. I mean, he's a machine. But yes. he's no Taz. Well, well you
1: know, nobody is. But the thing it, is, and in the story, the story is not built there no. as it was with Taz and ECW either. Um, yeah. So, but so you, the big thing is that Cage is. I I think, like I said, they're going to use it as Cage saying he's the un uncrowned champion similar to how Taz did because you know at the time Shane Douglas was hurt for so long but he was but they didn't strip him of the belt and so Taz is like hey man somebody's got to be the bad the the top guy around here so that's when he created the FTW belt and so I think it's kind of the same thing and it's it's at this point it's supposed to be kind of a a heel move because yeah yeah, people are supposed to go oh he's not the same it's not the same Versus the first time around, it was supposed to be kind of a babyface move, a babyface badass move.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing, right? Taz was like, F the world. When, yeah. when, when Taz just hands a very clean cut, clean shaven, uh, almost cookie cutter, muster machine, the belt, and he, you, you missed that. He lacked the attitude, in my opinion that really emphasized uh, the, uh, the FTW. I don't know, it just made me was like weird. Mika Villas, tell us about FTW here.
2: So the whole thing with Taz and being with Brian Cage, you mentioned Brian Cage is a great, uh, excellent wrestler. He is absolutely positively an excellent specimen, a great wrestler, his promo skills, Not so much great. Um, So putting Taz with him and having Taz be the mouthpiece, um, Cage is supposed to embody, literally be the body of that badassness. Moxley, uh, John Moxley is a face in AEW. He is the the anti-hero. He is um, their version of kind of a Stone Cold Steve Austin fighting against the establishment being that you know, guy who's going to do everything that you wish you could do. Where Brian Cage is not, not as lovable a figure, not a figure that people have necessarily rallied behind and have an emotional connection to. Again, giving him this FTW title helps to make people care about Brian Cage. Who is this guy that all of a sudden gets entitled? what is this FTW title for those who don't know the history behind it who may know taz but may not know taz's full history to see that taz is giving this this monster this machine his full endorsement not just by words but by actions breaking out this title breaking out this belt gives brian cage a more um, I guess lucrative storyline where people can invest enough to think about him to either like or in this case, they want people to dislike him. They need people to be afraid and dislike him and to understand that this guy is so bad that Moxley's in trouble that Moxley is going to get his butt kicked both verbally from Taz putting a tongue, a tongue lashing on him and physically from what Cage possibly can do to him when this whole
0: match finally takes place. Yeah. I guess I guess it's just the beginning. Uh and let's, let's see maybe uh, things improve out here for FTW. But man, next up I thought we were gonna get, wait till the to get this match at the at the end. Uh what I thought was gonna be the main event of night two. Uh yeah. The second longest match of the night here uh with the lucha brothers uh welcome back ray phoenix nice to see you still alive and the witcher and the blade uh versus the young bucks and ftr in eight man tag action
1: yeah it was great to see uh pentagon and phoenix back together um wow i mean we saw a lot of crazy and wild stuff in this match Um, you know, most of them done by Phoenix and uh, Nick Jackson uh, doing a lot of the the craziness that they're both known for. But uh, holy crap. I mean, we saw that, like, Canadian Destroyer splat, you know, dive onto the group of other people. I mean, that's insane. Literally insane.
0: Yeah. uh, This is definitely a a highlight, and. My match of night two and probably my match of both nights. Uh, It was fantastic. Yes, It was crazy. It was crazy.
2: I I didn't expect a lot from this match and I don't know why. I I think maybe because I felt that it was a waste of the, the aid of their talents to put them all together in one match knowing that Everybody was looking forward to at least people who knew the history again between the the Young Bucks and FTR. I was like, well, I put them on the same team. This is kind of crazy. I understand the long drawn out storyline, but come on. This is one of you know, your second night of yeah. a, a big kind of deal. Just put give us what we want. But they gave us what they wanted to give us, and damn, they served it up good. Can't be mad at this match. If yeah. you did not watch this match, if you did not see Night 2 of Fest, if nothing else, go back and watch this and pick your drop off the floor because it will be there pretty much the entire whole match.
0: Yeah. So, so the thing is that FTR wants those tag team belts, and you know Omega and Paige have those tag team belts, so that's what they're focused on. But I think – and uh, I got a couple of po- extra points now. I knew what we were going to get out of the Young Bucks. I knew we were going to get out of FTR. I knew what we were going to get out of the Lucha Brothers. Um, I've been I've been half-seas on uh, The Butcher and The Blade, uh, but this match solidified to me how good they really were because they didn't feel like uh, l- less than against the other three teams, which were looking at three of the best tactics in the entire world. And then Butcher and The Blade, I think, it felt like they truly did belong. I think it was a great uh, style match between the some of the best flippers and some of the best fisters uh, in, in in the tag division. Uh, you know, in, in any anywhere. So oh, we got all the fists and all the flips that we <laughs> would enjoy. Uh, it was a great yeah. mixture of everything. I I know flippers you and know, fisters. Oh, yeah,
2: I'm so that glad nice I was on because I was like, Lord, why?
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, I said it, it doesn't matter, people know what I mean. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought this is definitely a fantastic match that Lord knows, uh, you know. They wish they would have charged pay per view money on this one because it, it was pay per view worthy. This this one w- was worth having on pay per view at a ridiculous fifty or sixty dollar rate. But
1: well, I I think like you said, this was meant to kind of establish all the teams again, and especially establish the butcher and the blade as kind of capable of being in in this upper echelon. So. Yeah, we get this one for free because there wasn't anything on the line in this match. But next time when we see any combination of these four teams, I think we might might end up having to pay for it. I think this was meant to kind of be like your freebie. Check out what these crazy guys can do. Okay, next time we have one, we're gonna put. It's gonna be a big match. There's gonna be big stakes at the on the line, and uh, and we're gonna make you pay for it.
0: Yeah. Well, people would definitely pay. Uh, it was good. It was great. Uh, it, it was fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Nyla Rose defeated Kenzie Page and uh, Kaylin King in a handicap match. And by defeated, I mean she crushed them. Uh, Kenzie in in Page, about two minutes, yeah. Yeah. K- Casey Page, I've seen before. Kaylin King, no. Never heard of her. Do you guys know? I think, I've heard of I her. Think they, she, she's, she's I think going to they be both honest. done.
1: I think they both done dark matches, um, on AEW mm-hmm. Dark. But uh, but essentially they've just work. been, they've just been there as enhancement talent. And uh, I mean, this was clearly designed to reestablish Nyla Rose after getting defeated in the uh, for the championship, and she just crushed these two little girls, and. Uh, personally was a little bit sad we want to talk about the women's division in aew and you have the second night of fighter fest and you have one women's match and it goes about two minutes long um you know we had some segments we had a few things here and there but this was your big women's match and yeah it was about two minutes long so i was a little disappointed that we didn't get more women's wrestling on uh night two but i think that's stories building for a bigger for a bigger time.
2: Yeah, let's let's correct the names. The young lady's name is Kinsey um, Page, and she's got trailing. an E. Say what?
0: She's got an E. How is that? Yeah. Pronounced with an I. Kinsey.
2: Kinsey. To say that's her name. It, I'm sorry. My 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 English is is worse than yours. then. Mackenzie Page, because I don't know what you called her before. Um, But, yeah, the the fact of the matter is, you're right. This was, as far as a women's um, um, match or just even women's wrestling on night two, left so much to be desired that there was a call out on Twitter. Um, Diamante um, (laughs) called out uh, AEW on Twitter and saying, hey, you know, Women's match less than five minutes. If you need some, somebody to do some work, here I am. Um, so I don't know if she's, you know, of course, looking to maybe make that mood AEW, but the fact that everybody's watching, uh, especially watching for women's wrestling to see um, what every promotion is putting out there. Um, and so for somebody who's, you know, a bona fide star in her own right to kind of call them out. Hopefully, we will see a little bit better in the future from AEW as far as their women's division goes.
0: Hopefully, hopefully. All right, in uh, the oddest match ever, Cole Cabana and the Dark Order. Again, why they couldn't use you know Dark Order members Another. one through eleven? They have a bunch. <sighs> Yeah, uh, or Brody. Just, yeah. But yeah. well, Brody was Brody, in there. It was Brody, Brody and oh, no, Grayson. No, that's true. Yeah, it's Brody uh, and Stu. So why couldn't which, you use Uno instead of, you know? Grayson doesn't even have a number, right? He just goes by.
1: He's Stu Grayson, yeah. he's Because yeah. he's not wearing the mask like, like a yeah. lot everybody else does. So
0: you got Uno. You got, what, three and four. You got six, nine, ten, eleven. 10, yeah. you know, 11, 26.
1: But you got Colt square, Cabana with him six. instead.
0: Yeah, instead, yeah, you know, you get caught Caban. Boom, um,
1: boom. Caban.
0: Versus SoCal and Censored. And they defeat SoCal and Censored. What a shame.
1: Yeah, I was a little surprised by that, too, being that SoCal is kind of like one of the original group, you know, the original crew of uh, here at AEW. And a little surprised to see them, see them on the losing end, especially because
0: they're a longer tenured group. Yeah, that was definitely interesting.
2: Oh, so the whole fact of the matter is like, maybe cult Cabana that CC is like Roman numerals, and he actually is a part of the Dark Order. Like, what does saying he's like, like, two, 100 isn't 100 it like, 200 so he's or like, something? 200 no, or something? Like, 100 each? Uh, I
1: don't know. Yeah, something like that. I think. So he's like 200.
2: So, yeah, it might like um, Roman numeral C, that's, you know, what he is. Um, and he's part of the Dark Order, and we just didn't, you know, didn't know until, you know, now I just broke it out. Yeah, Roman numeral C, C is 100, so he's number 200 in a Dark Order. But they, SCU didn't need to win. If you kind of look at AEW, they try, I think, to be quote-unquote fair as far as who wins, and they don't give all the wins to that you know, that core group. The Young Bucks don't win all the time. Cody doesn't win all the time. Omega doesn't win all the time. So SCU is part of that. They don't really need to win all the time. Dark Order needed a win to be established. you got Brody Lee, you know, being their leader and with them previously losing, you don't want to kind of give them a downward spiral, so to speak, like what's the point of this group if they can't win a match, so Dark Order needed this win, they didn't necessarily need Bana, but, you know, 200 is better than 10, that's all I can say.
0: Yeah, um, I, I would kind of sort of agree with you, except for, wasn't it Bana that picked up the win? <laughs> Because he's a um, member of the Dark Order.
1: That's what she's telling you. He's 200.
2: His number is Yeah, That's his number. He's so like
1: 200.
2: Secret... Yeah. 200. C C. In Roman numerals, C is 100. Colt Cabana is the Dark Order member, number 200.
0: But Yeah. I guess. I guess. But of all the people that need a win, Colt Cabana, is the one that, that, that he depicted uh, picked up the win. Anyways, all right. I hope uh, 5, 10, 11, 14, 19, whatever numbers they are. I can't remember. So 9 I and 10. Yeah. very happy. Angels is 5. Right? And then 10 is the the other kid, right? Cody. And then, not that Cody. And then, You got, what, 9 and 10 or 3 or 4 or something like that? And then una. I don't know. I'm losing too many numbers. I'm not a numbers guy. Yeah, we're not going to go through this again. All right, your main event for the evening, former Le Champion, uh, Chris Jericho uh, versus uh, Orange Cassidy in your longest match of both shows.
2: Hold on. Chris Jericho is the champion no matter what okay because his neck his neckerchief said so and he's making calls on zoom as the champion go ahead
1: so don't apparently you're not supposed to call him the former Le champion or Mika will bite your head off
0: well I'm already missing in the air you know what's the matter?
1: she's gonna get the other one and then and then how will you watch her so? uh,
0: with my eyes
1: on, See, on I, mute, like you normally do. I, 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 I don't <laughs> I watch wrestling
0: with my ear already, so it, it was fine. Yeah. It should make the podcasting a lot funner when I can just spew my opinions without acknowledging or listening to anything you guys have to say.
1: I mean, I I guess that's you kind do of that anyway. Do they just they just spew out opinions without worrying about what anybody
0: else is thinking or saying? Well, you know. Sometimes I repeat myself say something that I said earlier, but what else? Yeah, this this match was a pretty good match here. Uh, it, it was nice to see. I mean, I don't get the whole Orange Cassie stick with the, you know, the taps instead of actual and hands, hands, and his hands and the hands in, in, the, hands pockets in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, man, when he goes,
1: the kid's he can, pretty good. The kid can go, yeah. I think Absolutely. I think he does some of the other stuff to build into it. Because I've seen matches too with him, not just in AEW, but elsewhere where he starts out like with his hand in his pockets. So I'm like, what is this? What is this? And then like once the match cranks in and he starts to go, like he can mm-hmm. the guy can go.
0: Yeah. I think I think that he does it so he can get over it, of course the doors on the uh, interwebs that you know you know get off on that kind of stuff. But I don't know. He he. You know. I think he's proven he doesn't really need that anymore. But what else? I guess it's part of what got him to the dance. Yeah. But yeah, no. But yeah, pretty good match with a uh, former champion uh, picking up the the win against Orange Cassidy. Lee
2: Champion wins again. There we go. I said
0: it for you. You're, you're welcome. Yep. Now, overall, two very good nights. Uh, we'll be talking about the Great American Bash part news, uh in just a moment, uh, but I will say for the second week in a row, uh, NXT won the Rating War with the most viewers. However, and uh, AEW still took uh, the demo, the 18 to 35 demo, uh, they won that. So, uh, take that for what it is. Uh, they did announce, though, that next week uh, we don't just get any episode of uh, Dynamite. Dynamite will not be back next week because it will be AEW Fight for the Fallen uh Live on TNT. Well, not live, probably, but it will be on TNT. And so much announced. Uh, the Elite are back together again. Uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus the Jurassic Express. Uh, finally, Marco gets a match on Dynamite.
2: Uh, oh, yeah.
0: FTR. While, yeah, FTR goes, uh, well, two on two. I was going to say one on one, but that sounds. Uh, not right,
1: yeah. They're I guess, yeah, I
0: guess the Lucha Brothers face off against oh, the Lucha wow. Brothers. So that's gonna be a very fun one. Uh, Cody will defend the TNT championship against Sony Kiss, uh, because he's an equal opportunity TNT defender, uh, titles defender, whatever it's called. And in your well, this better be your main event. Uh, In your main event, John Moxley defends the AEW World Championship against Brian Cage. So, FTW champion uh, for one week? I mean, I guess he'll still be the FTW champion regardless. Uh, But yeah, so Moxley, of course, we know that his wife uh, has COVID, so he was pulled from well, uh, for fighter uh, I saw something
1: on her Twitter station. this this past week. She claims that she had it, as then she doesn't anymore. Right, yes. but I would say, right. so. A, but still, but I would you assume you want on. to keep. Yeah, you yeah. want to keep him out for a few more weeks until. Uh, Until just to make sure he doesn't have symptoms or he's not carrying it.
2: Yeah. So when she got it, it it, it has been over 14 days at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe right about um, when we saw last night, um, Fighter Fest was around the the two week mark where the quarantine would have been, you know, kind of at its ending point. But of course, these things aren't live, these things are already taped. Yeah, yeah. yeah. um, she, She had it he apparently according to reports did not have it but of course that no. being his wife and him around still took the precautionary measures to be on the safe side so which is um, the right thing fight yeah. fall yeah. fight for Fallen. yeah firefall of no. fallen gave a uh, gave him time to get back to compete and um, be safe
0: <laughs> I, w- I will also say that it was reported that since uh, Renee Young's uh, covid 19 positive test whatnot uh, moxley was tested twice and both times has tested negative so even if she's now maybe cured or better uh, yeah he has you know been tested multiple times and has been you know come on negative I'm sure that before next Wednesday he'll probably be tested once or two more times. Uh, at least, so to just to make sure that everything's good to go. But yeah, so the match we're supposed to get this week, we'll get next week uh, as AEW presents a fight for the Fallen, uh, and we'll be back at Dally's place in Jacksonville, Florida, which because that's that's where they do their stuff. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, We got the Great American Bash Part 2, the NXT uh, Special, uh, and uh, boy, did we get a good one here. Um, Something uh, unexpected, I thought. Uh, They had a few extra more matches than we thought, uh, that we knew at least they were advertised. Yeah. And, of course, didn't I say they were going to really beef this one up? After last week. Uh, So apparently there was a dark match that we didn't know about. Uh, Tony Nese uh, and Leon Ruff uh, in tag team action. So good for Leon Ruff here from Atlanta uh, on getting that extra exposure. Think about it. Leon Ruff has appeared on um, Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Friday Night Smackdown. And... You know, and T N and T N T and uh, and NXT on Wednesday during this pandemic. So, uh, you know, a big winner here uh, in the fight against COVID in the you know, in during the, the pandemic, I will say. But yeah, good for him. Uh, but we kick off with the women once again in a street fight where Candice LeRae, uh barely just out a win against Mia Yim. <laughs>
1: Using the uh, the old power of the punch, in, in order to help her achieve said win. Yeah, A nice homage to uh, G- NXT General Manager William Regal.
0: Yeah, because I I, th- I thought this match was headed one way, uh, with me and Yim taking the dubs, but man, uh, Candice LeRae uh, showing that she's more than just Mrs. Gargano here.
2: Um I mean the the power of the punch was one thing but the fact that they did that swinging neck breaker off of a table that was on top of the third rope onto a pile of chairs um that was pretty yeah. sick that was one of yeah. those things where um we know Mia has had various injuries uh, I believe she came back recently from like a shoulder injury and to watch her land on those chairs was like Oh jeez, she landed flat, square, dead in the middle of him, and it was just like, oh great, neck and back. Gonna feel real good after this, but um, hell of a match. Those girls, they this was almost an indie riffic match, and I was surprised because um, they they it's have NXT. a lot of
1: weapons. They do indie riffic I mean, stuff in NXT. They
2: they did indie they do indie riffic stuff, but this was like the kickoff. <laughs> I was like, wait, hold on. We just started, you know, we, we we're just jumping right in. So, um, again, they had an Indie Riffing match. This was one of those things that I was not expecting. And they just went and tried to kill one another. And it was it was a beautiful thing. And yeah, Candice LeRae with her little purple hair, Mrs. Gargano um, pulled off a win and then talked stuff afterwards. So, you know,
0: that's what well, nice. she called herself, the uh, Evil Dixie or Pixie, evil Pixie or something. <laughs> Yeah, evil yeah.
2: pixie yes not yeah. evil dixie that's dixie carter let's leave her where she is okay thanks
0: yeah oh. i wonder if she'll change her name you know the dixie chicks change their name maybe she'll change her name
1: no? she'll change her name from dixie carter to dixie what to d-card oh. she'll just go by d-card Who
0: knows? she'll be the original card. um but all right um, um yeah. bronson reed defeats tony knees in about five minutes uh good way to, you know, just give uh Reed a good win uh on the Great American Bash because uh he needed one. Uh yeah. Uh Tony Nees again, uh in a, in a you know another another great performance. I think he always puts out great performances. Just I am not sure about Nees. knees is one of those guys who's I think he'll you know for the most part may always be employed because he's so good, but I just he don't
1: know they will ever. Yeah,
0: I don't see him as a star
1: level guy. I see him. He's he's always good, but he's never great. And he puts. A, he's. I find these kind of boring sometimes. Like he's just kind of bland. He does a lot of big moves and all this, but he's and his stuff is always smooth. It's always crisp, but he's just kind of bland. Um, and I felt that a lot in even in his championship run on two hundred five live, and. Um, yeah with the Cruiserweight title, and he was still just kind of bland.
2: I I agree. He's he's nice to look at, but even that gets old because he also has, like, a little Napoleon thing going, too. So it's just like, ah, it's a cute little dude who, you know, is a little dude. He has no discernible personality. And unfortunately for him, WWE, even NXT and... All the other shows, they are big on personality, which he is severely lacking in.
1: Yeah. So he'll be I, there to get to do these job matches and squash matches and help make other people look good.
0: Pretty much. Speaking of personalities, Johnny Gargano's back in our TVs.
1: Yes, he is. When, when
0: is he calls it like all heart, no soul, is that, is that his new thing? I think I read on the uh, back of the, you know, of the monitor, whatever the Tron. Uh, but yeah, that Johnny is Gargano against Isaiah Swerve Scott. I don't know if I can still get used to Isaiah Scott, but
1: you know. I know versus versus Shane Strickland. I know it's it's yeah, Isaiah Scott is doesn't uh, roll roll out of your mouth quite as easily as Shane Strickland. Yeah. But, um, as long as he's still Swerve, he's still swerved to us. Um, yeah. Good match. You know, I mean, Swerve is good. We know how good Swerve is. We know how good Johnny is. And these guys uh, did some – they were able to put, put put a little magic together.
0: Oh, yeah. They got lots of time. Then again, he said Johnny Gargander match. What Johnny Gargander match doesn't get a lot of time. Doesn't
1: get a decent amount of time, yeah. It's
0: kind of his thing. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, the Greganos both victorious, uh, you know, just uh, basically claiming uh, victory for the night and uh, praising themselves for being the best Americans. Uh, yeah, so, all right, all hail America. Uh, next match was really excited about the delegado uh, of the Fantasma, uh, Santos, Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Raul Mendoza, which I gotta say, uh, I appreciate uh, King Wild not having the uh, that DJ gimmick anymore. You know, yeah, he hasn't so had that since was... coming into WWE. No, but he that's... still had. Didn't he come out with the mask at least? Was he at least wearing a mask? I was... He was.
1: Yeah, that's true. He, he came, came out. He would come out with like a little bit of the mask at first. That's true. You're yeah. right. They did kind of push it at, fir- at first. Right, yeah so, but it was too much yeah. like
2: um uh, um Ali so they they
1: had to yeah, out, so Yeah yeah cuz they're both on 205
0: yeah And so he they, he, they defeat drave Maverick and zango in six-man tag action uh with uh, Escobar uh pinning Maverick I believe if I remember correctly But yeah another a great look I'm telling you I don't know uh I know that maybe the Garza and Andrade are the bigger stars or maybe more established stars in the Latinos. Uh, but, you know, with all the uh, – what do you call it? Fr- friction between the two, uh, they're building up to this trio right here to possibly be a pretty good one.
1: It's interesting. They're, they're not three guys I would have put together right away. Um you know, when they were building the faction, but they, they're, they're making it work. And, you know, Mendoza and and wild were guys that were on 205 and, and Mendoza did his time on, on NXT as well as, you know, kind of as a job guys putting people over, but he always looked good, but he never really did it much to break out. So hopefully Mendoza and wild, you know, can help Escobar out to kind of, so they can build it as a trio and not just be like Escobar and his goons, you know?
0: Yeah. Now, Mika, uh, I don't think you were here when we, been, when we talked about um, Elijo de Fantasma unmasking, becoming Santos Escobar, but how do you like the unmasking and becoming Santos Escobar?
2: I'm not sure if I really like it. It seems like um, the WWE wants to unmask all these stars. Yes. Um, yes, they do. And it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like a slap in the face to the heritage of all these, you know, great luchadors. Um, So I'm not a fan of it. To
1: be honest though, Santos Escobar put his mask back on to join WWE as he Mm. had officially lost his mask in Mexico. Similar to Rey Mysterio officially losing his mask prior to joining WWE. They put the masks back on them.
2: They put it back on to take it off.
1: Um, For Escobar at least. Yeah
2: right but in in the, the the kicker part for me is the beginning of this match the the ring entrances of this match um had rizango coming out doing the conquistadors and i was like yeah uh, that was a i'm silly. not sure i'm not sure how i feel about this this is like you know i it's it's a throwback and if you didn't know you didn't know but you're about to face this stable of Spanish superstars, and uh, you're are you mocking them? Are you mocking their? Hair? I, it just it was too much. It was really too much. I was not a fan, and I'm like, ugh, ugh. So I, I don't like him unmasking. I don't like him unmasking him or what have you, because it just it makes it makes the WWE seem a little culturally insensitive, and I don't think that's Art. what they really oh. want. I think that's kind of what they are, though.
1: That's kind of what they are, and they kind of have a history of that. You know, they had a Samoan yeah, play a Japanese yeah. guy, and they had a white guy play a Mexican, and they had the African dream be a fat white guy. Like, they they kind of have a history of being culturally insensitive.
2: They they have Do you a history. When they of had history? Muhammad
1: Hassan. Do you remember him? Because he was a little culturally insensitive too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have a history of it it's not it's not something that they're really ashamed of i don't think they just hope that you you get a little chuckle and then you move on with your life and forget about it
2: and apparently that's what's happening because nobody is calling you know calling them on this no investors or anybody is saying hey hold on a minute here now um and they're just slickly sliding under the radar with some of these things. So it's just, it's just a little weird to me. But again, you know, the the global giant in sports entertainment, they they make their own way um, until you know they need to say something. They won't say something. They'll continue to do what they do. And I'm just like, ugh, people, please, somebody, somebody say something. Somebody shake H. Somebody hit Vince. Somebody, you know, tell Steph. Like, listen. <laughs> This is wrong. I need y'all to stop.
1: Mm.
2: I know. Good luck with that. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So one of my favorite stories of wrestling out of this week, very briefly, is Koda, apparently all the stories of Koda Ibushi and how when he was at the CWC and Vince McMahon was there and he literally just walked and gave Vince McMahon a big high five and just kept on walking because he had no idea who he was. He just thought he was a big guy. <laughs> And he just walked and totally gives a high-five to Vince like he's some random guy walking around backstage. (laughs) And that's Kota Ibushi just being completely, like, in his own little world. He had no idea who Vincent Man was or what he looked like, and uh, he's working for the Away Classic. Um,
0: You gotta love Ibushi. Yeah.
2: Not only love Ibushi, but just realize that he does not subscribe to anything outside of his own world and his. Pretty his much in wrestling. his own
1: little world, yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Like, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> so, all right. Uh, the Great American Bash, uh, then we get we need a Mercedes Martinez, was going to be in action, and she defeated Santana Garrett in a very short match. Uh, but I don't know. It was a great way to reestablish Martinez. I like
1: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's absolutely what it was designed to do is establish Martinez. Now that she's been now that she's been kind of off TV for a little bit, they're ready to give her uh, apparently a big a big move forward and a big push and, and having her kind of smash Santana, uh, you know, mess her up with just, I mean, just come in there and, and rough her up really. Um, was a was a good way to do that. And, I mean, yet again, smashed her in, in a little over two minutes.
2: Women's wrestling at its finest. It, it may not be the Divas era, but, you know, we're getting Divas.
1: Well, that was all... We already had a 15-plus minute street fight to start the show. Yeah. This yeah. wasn't the only women's match for the entire week. It
2: wasn't the only women's match, but, again... Mercedes and Santana do have enough skill to, you know, at least give them a little bit more. But again, you know, but it I understand wasn't, there's was so meant many minutes. for
1: that though. Well, also it wasn't meant for I, that. It was meant to establish Martinez as a badass. And if you have Santana get a whole lot of offense mm-hmm. on her and it's a very back and forth match, then it's uh it doesn't do what it needed to. It was meant to make Martinez look like a just a big tough strong guy. And that's what he did. That's what it did. It made her look like a badass and a, and a killer.
2: Okay. All right. I'll agree. I'll, I'll concur.
0: And then following that, we get our main event of the evening, winner-takes-all match for the NXT Championship and the NXT North American Championship. We go almost 20 minutes here in this match, uh, a great match to be honest. Uh, no interference from uh, the uh, what'd you call it? Uh, the, the end era. era. Uh, but Ooh. I thought they just went at it, you know. Keith Lee and Adam Cole,
1: Eric's not here to say the baby, so
0: yeah, well, I was
1: we'll just just let let in
0: silence, silence. Uh, yeah, in silence. Uh, that's his in memorial. Yeah. So Bebe, I man, got you, baby. <laughs> they, they they were fantastic and at the end of the night uh I wasn't so sure how they would have played. They I was kind of uh myself, I was kind of uh split here. But man, we are going to bask in his glory because Keith Lee's now the NXT champion and North American champion.
1: We have no choice but to bask in his glory now. If you weren't already, he is now he is now the the singles champion of NXT.
2: Join the legion of fans who are basking in the glory of Keith Lee, the the one like Neo in the Matrix who just overcame the biggest obstacle in Adam Cole, baby. And, and ending his record-breaking um, championship run. It, it, this was a this was a match I was again I was back and forth on. I was like, okay, they're gonna keep it on cold, but dang, what are they gonna do? I was thinking maybe they're gonna like do something hinky, double disqualification, count out. You know, I I didn't think we were gonna get a clean win. You know, and well, you know, here we are. Here we are. Keith Lee dual champion. When's the last time we had a dual champion, guys? Um, WWE. In WWE.
1: Currently. Uh, you have soft. You have Bailey as the tag team champion and singles champion.
2: I'm sorry. You uh, had Becky Lynch as titles the,
1: as you had Becky Lynch as, the, as the singles champion.
2: Yeah. When did you have a guy? There we go.
0: I'm sorry. Um. Was it Jericho when he had both belts? I, I was no, thinking was, that was the was, last
1: time. It was Kurt Angle as the Eurocontinental Champion.
2: <laughs> okay. I was thinking Jericho as the undisputed champion. It's probably when you probably undisputed
1: two, champion. Yeah. yeah
2: two, two major titles for, you know. Because otherwise, they, you whenever, whenever they person. did it, they
1: just melded them in together. I mean, if you want to go right. men's, we go outside of WWE, you go to Jay Lethal as the uh, ROH TV and world champion.
2: Which was good. I forgot about that. That, that was but like yeah,
1: 2015, lethal. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now Lethal, we're not supposed to talk about him though, because he's apparently a POS. Problematic. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, little more than problematic, apparently. But yeah, yeah,
2: you know, but it, yeah, he who should not be named in back in 2015. But yeah, it's 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 been a while in WWE, and this is how you know that um, all faith. Is being laid on the the broad shoulders of one Keith Lee.
1: Yeah, well you know they Naito's doing it in New Japan, so Keith Lee's got to do it over here. Somebody's got to got to you know show him show him that America can do it just as well as Japan can.
2: I, I do, are you Absolutely. saying that they're paying attention to anything that's happening outside of their window?
0: Come on. Well, on now. somebody. So, well, Triple H's now. Don't ask Vince McMahon. I mean, yeah.
1: Vincent Man apparently barely knows his own roster.
0: But, but, yeah, I mean they, they're still. I mean, look, they, they they brought they 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 booked uh hits uh, hit Miller was that Miller I don't remember hit Slater. Yeah. They booked hit Slater. I bet you he probably forgot he was he was he they have fired him. Yeah. You know. He's probably, he's probably like get Slater the TV. Like, <laughs> he's yeah, like, he probably, he's like, why? He, he he's like, where's
1: Slater been for a while? Where's Slater been for a while? Huh? Yeah. Tell that gotta get his butt over here and be on TV. Is he hurt? Is he injured? It's like you fired him, Vince. Oh,
0: like, oh, like, oh really? no, not
1: not old Slater.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was nice guy? that it, it it was nice that he had a little moment there, a 3 minute mid-band moment with uh uh Galloway, McIntyre, yeah, uh. On Raw, uh, we'll talk about it in a moment. Uh but yeah, so yeah, fantastic match here. Keith Lee becomes dual champion. He reigns supreme, uh, and of course, you know, you know, looking out, not very far away, Karen Cross. He gets the next title shot, and he has his eyes set on uh, on the new champion. So uh, that'll be a very interesting matchup between the two. But yeah, so. As we're nearing uh, the horror show at Stream Rules, yes, that that's the thing. Yes, it, it is. They they, they they renamed it. That that's the, what yeah. It's not crazy.
1: it's not Extreme Rules the horror show. It's the horror yeah. show at Extreme Rules
0: now. Yeah, it's uh, interesting, but it's happening least. Uh, ten days from today. All right. Uh, also known as Two weeks one from week this from past this Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, what, yeah. Or one week Two from weeks Sunday. from this past Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I said. it. But so here are the matches, right? McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. In uh, Apparently, the the match is going to have a stipulation. So uh, maybe another hair versus hair match. We haven't had one of those in a while. Uh, Oscar versus Sasha Banks for the Euro Women's Championship. Bailey versus Nick Cross from the SmackDown Women's Championship. Braun versus Bray in a Wyatt Swamp fight. Remy, yeah. oh, hold, hold on for the la- for last. Apollo Cruz versus MVP for the U.S. Championship. By the way, very nice-looking title. I almost bought it on WLEshop.com. Oh, really? Yeah. It, yeah. Then I looked at the price and saw so like it was it that discounted. Well, yeah. Well – I mean, I thought, well, you know, hey, it's like what thirty five percent off or whatever. Now let me take a stab not at the, it. Not the,
1: not the, not the pre order new stuff. No.
0: Yeah. No. Not that, that Just one. Just all not the old that's stuff. That's been up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, so and uh, Ray Mysterio, who apparently is wrestling without a contract, but we know the real reason he's there. He's trying to get his son in there, and yeah. that that you know, so he's doing he's doing what he's doing for the son. At this point, yeah. he would have retired a long time ago if it wasn't for uh, good old Dominic. I mean, we at least think he's his son, right? He could be Eddie's, for all we know. Uh, but yeah. that that was that, that was never ever really ruled in or out. Ruled out. So yeah, th- yeah. But yeah, so Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, and then I for an eye match where. Uh, you must remove an eye from your opponent in order to win this match.
2: Good gosh.
1: Yeah, that's a little uh, – just a little crazy.
2: A little extreme? Yeah. <laughs> a little Not horrific. extreme rules, but extreme in, in, in general. That's just <sighs> – what are we doing here, people? That's so, that's what I want. I, I want to walk into their their offices, to their boardroom, to their writing sessions. What are we doing, here, people? That's all. to that's I, I explain.
1: I saw somebody explain it that with they're trying their best to get us to watch by just saying, "Are they really going to do that?" Because last week or last month, you know, they were like the greatest wrestling match ever. So they want you to see, like, is it really going to be the greatest wrestling match ever? and watch it. Now they're saying eye for an eye, and you're going to be like, how are they going to pull a guy's eye out? You know, like, and so they want they want you to see, that's that's their method now, is to look at you, to make you look at it and go, how are they going to do that, and then want to watch because
0: of it? Yeah. You know, how, how is it? That's the question. Uh, I magic. mean, does that, does that does that make you guys want to watch more, watch less? Not in particular. Different?
1: Kind of, kind no. of want to watch less. I'm kind of like this is silly. I don't, they're not. I don't want to see them fake having to rip a guy's eye out. The only time we saw an eye for an eye match was Vader versus uh, Stan Hansen, and Vader's eye came out, and then he wrestled another twelve minutes. Okay. That's how the match should be. Your eye comes out. You pop it back in. You keep fighting. Like how men do it.
0: Because that's how men do it?
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: apparently. I feel that there's going to be, like, pins on them, or maybe Seth is going to have an eye on his tights, and it rips away, and that's how Ray wins. It'll. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I don't want to watch it. I might watch it. I may not watch it. I mean, I might go to sleep on it probably. That'll probably happen because I'll just be so underwhelmed um, with the whole spectacle of it all.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we got, we got six matches and we may skip one or two more or not. Depending, I mean, we got a few matches here to get the cinematic treatment. Uh, Braun yeah. and Bray definitely the, have cinematic. Yeah, the cover. Swamp,
1: swamp fight's uh, going to be cinematic, yeah.
0: I think the I for nine may get, like, the Edge versus uh, Randy greatest match of all time feel, where like, it was, like, pre-recorded some of it and edited. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Dolph Ziggler versus McIntyre, I really don't care, but uh, it's okay. Might as well get, get all these uh, dull matches for McIntyre out of the way. Uh, well, you can't. Uh, Yeah, so that, that is the horror show at Extreme Rules. One week from this Sunday, two weeks from last Sunday, as Danny uh, reminded us. Uh, but, yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, but uh, SmackDown continues to be, ai I don't know, it feels like the better show right now. Uh, AJ, of course, running the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, a few other people out there that uh, you know that are doing their thing, and we uh, leave it at that. But all right, it's time for our main event of the evening. All right. Uh, so now, Mika, I don't know you did the homework. Maybe not because you're probably back to uh, working 200 hours a week. That's cool. I'm at work right now as we speak, but, so you're you know. You may have seen some of these matches when they actually happened, or what happened. So we'll let your memory kind of uh, see where it was. Uh, but I, I, you know, I'm sure it's nice and crisp there. But we are talking about the Undertaker. This is two week two of the Undertaker, uh, and we're going to look at four new non WrestleMania matches of the Undertaker. Or, you know, Mark Calloway, really, because one of the, his matches was when he was not the Undertaker. Um, but we're going to go chronologically. And next starting next week, we're going to hit the next two weeks. We're going to do, you know, WrestleMania matches. We'll do four next week and four in two weeks. But, all right, let's kick it off and let's go back. Now, I have to do some extra homework. Now, I, I've, I've watched my, you know... I watch, uh, you know, a bunch of Texas wrestling, right, uh, from back okay. in the day. Uh, however, yeah. I'm not a very good historian when it comes to way in the back, so I had I had to actually dig deep a little bit. Now, uh, I so here we have Mark Calloway, as, um, and he wasn't Mean Mark Calloway yet. He was, I believe, the Punisher at this time. This was so we're looking at 1989, is uh, where I was able to catch. So, what happened here? uh, He is the I think NWA Texas champion, I think, or is what he was. And the WCCW was in transition, uh, world class championship wrestling. And so, back in uh, 89, uh, actually, the WCWA was renamed, became the United States Wrestling Association, the USWA, which was run by Jerry Lawler. Um, So that's that's where we're at right now. Uh, We're in a transitional period. Uh, They're still uh, accrediting the WCCW here. the give you know with the championship, so I think that championship belonged to WCCW, but with WCWA becoming the USWA, they were kind of partnering, working together. And that's what we are, uh, October, 1989. And it is the only, I, I was trying to go back and doing my homework to see where we were in this time and age. And I couldn't find another pe- period where, where this match could have fit. Uh, so okay. here, uh, Mark Calloway was the Punisher. He had um, won the uh, the championship from Eric Embry, uh, and then a few weeks later, here he is in uh, Dallas, Texas, defending the championship against Kerry Von Erich. And of course, you know, when you put a Von Erich in Texas, it's only one way this I mean- is going to end.
1: You, you saw the Von Eric coming down to the ring, all these girls kissing him on the cheek, you know, like mm-hmm. as he's walking through the crowd. That's how I love the Von Erics were back in Texas. So
0: this was your pick, Danny, so... Yes.
1: Uh, I I picked... I wanted a mean Mark match. I wanted like an early, early Undertaker match. So I picked... I went and just typed in and looked around and found one versus Kerry Von Erich. I've never seen this match before. But uh, I just wanted an early, early Undertaker match because we were doing so many late stuff and uh, yeah. so many WWE matches. So I wanted to see kind of him starting out, see some of the things that made WWE take notice and say, "Hey, this is a guy we need to sign. This is a guy we need to, you know, to to push and and make one of the biggest stars the industry's ever seen."
0: Yeah. Um, well, you may me so work you know, for her, but yeah. you, here we are.
1: The ma- the match itself is is nothing. It's nothing really spectacular, as what I've come to expect from most Von Eric matches. I think they were probably better live than they were on on video, which is kind of wrestling being a live art form.
0: And it's kind of like the Sandman these... at the bingo hall with ECW. Yeah, and it's ECW not something.
1: It was a cool special moment, but it wasn't. It doesn't really it doesn't really make for a lot of good live-action stuff you know mm. and uh, e- even some of the transitions and some of the pins and all this weren't exactly crisp and clean but back then people weren't looking for that they were, were they were invested in the characters and the stories they weren't worried about oh this this pinfall wasn't exactly clean or oh that that sunset flip looked a little little you know funky because it was supposed to be a fight it was supposed to things weren't supposed to be all smooth and clean all the time like they are now. Um, but, it, yeah. you know, I mean, we got to see, like I said, kind of what what people would start to notice from him and see from, you know, the man who would eventually become the Undertaker.
0: And let, let's not forget, Kerry was footless at this point. So, I mean... He was footless? You mean shoeless? Yeah. No, no, he was literally footless. Because remember, back in back in '86, he had a motorcycle accident and they had to amputate his foot. Nobody knew, except for his family. Uh, but he basically, for the rest after '86, he wrestled. He only had one foot. Nobody, but nobody. So knew. he
1: wrestled with like a prosthetic inside his. No,
0: brain. no, they didn't have a prosthetic, but he just didn't have a
1: foot. How do you wrestle without a foot and people don't know? They, they.
2: they... They, they, you hide it. He had to have a prosthetic. He had to have something in there. He couldn't, there. There was something in the boot or something that make him level. So at know. least he could walk
1: and be level, yeah.
2: Right. You can't just hide not having a foot. People are going to
1: notice.
0: And <laughs> not, not if yeah. you're not, you putting your shoes on separately? Who knows?
1: I mean, I don't, yeah. But, I mean, it's that's, that's wild to think about. I didn't even know that about Carrie von Eric, I didn't. I guess I haven't done my research on the von Eric's. Yeah. But um, I mean, he
0: may have had some type of prosthetic, but I mean that to hold the foot in place. But still, you, yeah, it's basically. I mean, he, I, I, he. The story sounds better when you say he's footless. So let stickless.
1: Yeah. Okay, so so Kerry von Eric without any feet,
0: still, well, he managed, had one to defeat, one
1: still managed to defeat the Punisher.
0: That's right. Slash
1: Undertaker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Got a pinfall victory over him. Yep.
0: Yeah. Wins the NWA Texas Championship in, in his home crowd. Uh, Mika, have you ever seen any uh, Martin, Mark Callas, any old Undertaker matches before the, he, the Fed? Was that a thing for oh, you, or did you that, get introduced would... to the Undertaker like I did back in the, the uh... early 90s?
2: I was introduced to me Mark, I think maybe on a WCW. I
0: honestly
2: can't remember, Um, and it wasn't anything special at the time. So yeah, no.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I thought yeah the match was fine. It it was, but it was it was basically just a showcase of uh, you know Kevin Eric uh, in Texas uh, defeating the Punisher. Uh, But yeah, so okay. So we know what happens. Uh, then he eventually goes to WCW. Uh, uh, not long after this, uh, becomes Mean Mark Callis. Uh, has his run there, tags with Dan Spivey. Uh, then he goes to uh, he goes to the Fed, and of course he has a historic run, which will definitely be going through uh, on on a much later date. Uh, but we land to nineteen ninety six. Uh, It is, I believe, where our next match takes us. Uh, And, of course, in 1996, we, you know, uh, we we started to see a little bit of a different uh, Deadman. I mean, he's not just the whole, the broody, you know, Green Reaper, right? But he's now more vocal. Um, uh, After, you know, after, in the summer when Mankind shows well, Mankind shows up post the day, the, the Monday at the Raw after WrestleMania and, and attacks The Undertaker. Then uh, they have their singles match, uh, at, which, of course, is where Paul Bearer uh, at SummerSlam, where Paul Bearer, Boiler Room Match, is, uh, which is where he turns on him, right? Because Undertaker defeated him at King of the Ring in the first match. Then they had the boiler room match. And then, okay, Paul Bear turns to him. So then here we go. Uh, in your house buried alive uh, where uh, with Paul Bear by his side, mankind, and a much smaller urn. Um, of course, you don't blame the urn being so small after uh, the million-dollar man and the million-dollar team try to, uh, what do you call it, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it when you melt? Oh, melt! When you melted it, right? Because remember when Kama melted it into a necklace in nineteen oh, ninety-five. Yeah. So now they put it back. It's much smaller. Uh, but anyway, so let me not digress. Nineteen ninety-six. Here we are. Uh, the buried alive match. Uh, Undertaker. A much more athletic Undertaker now. This is more the Mean Mark Callis kind of guy. Um, he started to evolve more and. Uh, we see him do some high flying, moves to the top rope, diving into, uh, uh, into mankind. Oh. Of course, uh, mankind's floor was one of them. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, now I believe this was Eric's pick or wasn't this was, this was, this was kind of our middle, our fourth pick. Oh, this, okay. Yeah. Eric was remember. the next. Match. Oh, the next one. Right, right, right. So the barrier life match, I mean, it was a pretty good match. Uh, Uh, Mick Foley, uh, back then being mankind, spent most of the time squealing like a pig, uh, because that's what he did. I guess that was his thing, right? Whenever he was in pain, and he was in pain a lot, but he dished it too. Uh, and of course, we knew what the outcome was gonna be. You had to bury your opponent, uh, so in uh, in the grave. So they they fought, they fought, they fought, but finally, um. You know, the Undertaker puts mankind in the grave and starts burying him. They declare him the winner. And then he pushes the referees, continues to bury uh, Undertaker uh, until this weird guy, uh, I I don't remember who, the the executioner, right? Wasn't that the executioner? I think that's
1: what they call the executioner, Um, yeah. Because he had that old style executioner's hood on.
0: Who. By the way, if anybody knew, do you know who the
1: executioner was? It's a Bull Buchanan. It kind of looked like Bull to me.
0: Mika, do you have a guess? You're not supposed to look. All right. Mm. Maybe she stepped out. She said she's working. she had to step out. Yeah. All right. Here we go. It was Terry Gordy. It
1: was Terry Bam Bam Gordy was was Mm -hmm.
0: the executioner.
2: I had no yeah. clue, and I couldn't even guess that. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, t- Terry Gordy uh, here uh, was uh, the executioner. Uh, and, yeah, so out comes the executioner, uh, then hits Undertaker with a shovel, then he gets uh, Mankind out of the grave, then and they, they put
1: the Undertaker, push in. Undertaker,
0: and then who else came? Goldust? Crush I... John Pierre Lafitte uh not John Pierre Lafitte uh
1: was it Hunter IRS? Hurst Helmsley? Yeah, Hunter no. Hurst Hemsley was there. Uh,
0: and there were two more people, I feel like. <sighs>
1: was IRS one of them?
0: No, no, no. It was not IRS. No. Jeff okay. was just no not Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett was back in the Yokozuna thing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, and I and I rewatched this again today and I already forgot. Oh uh, Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. No, Bradshaw was also there.
1: Bradshaw, okay. So yeah. as the Blackjacks. Okay. Bradshaw and then Wyndham yeah. probably with him.
0: Uh no, this was okay. pre th- that, that happened in 97. Okay. Uh so, but yeah, so uh it they bury him alive. They literally bury him alive. Of course, um not it didn't it didn't last long because at the end out comes the uh what do you call that uh, thunder or lightning and then yeah, the lightning. the undertaker raises arm out so ah, the like undertaker rises again
1: like a zombie crawling out of the grave, like yeah. the grave. yep
0: what did you wild, guys think about brawl, the bear life match
1: a wild brawl a wild stipulation that they were they kept saying was was unsanctioned by by world wrestling federation meaning that if they they world wrestling federation was wiping their hands of anything that happened due to these you know that these guys would do to each other yeah Um, the
0: first ever first ever buried alive match
1: yeah Uh, first ever unsanctioned Yeah, yeah yeah um it was only one of haven't we only ever had one or two more buried alive matches like there's only been two or three of them I can't think maybe... like, I think they then they do Undertaker. I feel like you know, they've Steve, done what, two. Steve Austin was involved with one, maybe? Well no,
0: three. No. Yeah, you're right. I remember that it was one with uh, mankind and what's the other one with
1: I wanna say with Steve Austin, I thought, or at least Steve Austin gets involved because that was when Steve Austin like used the uh the truck to drop all the dirt
0: on him. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but, of course, the last one, was the one that everybody can remember right now, is uh, WrestleMania 36, the Boneyard match. There's hey, been oh, four, yeah. Excuse
2: me. There's been five Buried Alive matches total, um, not including the Boneyard match, which is not really considered a Not Buried technically Alive match. considered
1: a Buried Alive match.
2: Right. Yeah, um, yeah the, the five are Undertaker Mankind, the first one, Uh, Stone Cold and Undertaker. Undertaker and Big Show um, had a match where they defeated the Rock and Flock Connection. Vince McMahon with Kane in his corner versus The Undertaker. And then Kane versus The Undertaker was the last one back in 2010.
0: Gotcha. There we go. We got Mm -hmm. our history. Um. Yeah. So, Mika, what do you think the Barrier life match concept here, in 1996,
2: for for the time? It was again, it was one of those things that was just like crazy, because uh, again, it's like okay, they got all this dirt. They're actually going to do this. Yeah, how can you know, to do this? You know, it was it was great. Uh, it was great storytelling, um, and and as far as WWF probably at the time saying you know we got nothing to do with this and you know all this craziness at the end and the the myth and the legend of the undertaker kind of comes into its full you know mystique so to speak so it was it was great i mean going back in time and just kind of looking at this going holy crap look at look at where we are now to where they were then you know i'm pretty sure if this was uh this day and age, with this technology, we would have had a cinematic masterpiece um, uh, for this this craziness that was the first ever buried alive match.
0: Yeah. So uh, the Undertaker rises. Uh, so he comes from you know from this. Uh, Dead man, the Green Reaper, to now he's starting to become the Lord of Darkness. Uh, and, you know, he comes back, continues to feud with mankind, uh, has a match with the Executioner. Then he starts being part of the main event picture here, where he eventually becomes WWE champion at WrestleMania uh, in 1997. Uh, and of course, WrestleMania 13, if I if I remember my numbers correctly, um, and so we we have Undertaker, the champion. Uh, then the spring leading to the summer, uh, you know, he has his strongest champion. Of course, Paul Bearers out there talking about you know bribing the Undertaker to join him again, or he's gonna tell everybody his secret and. And he's hanging that over his head uh, when uh, we come to uh, SummerSlam. And at this point of SummerSlam, uh, you know, the boy who had lost his smile is back, Shawn Michaels, and he's been, uh, you know, feuding with Bret Hart. Uh, but Bret Hart now challenging here, The Undertaker, for the uh, WWF Championship. Uh, Shawn Michaels, the guest referee, and uh, I believe this was at the prime of the uh, you know, Bret Hart anti United States. And this is the show, if I don't re- remember correctly, where all the hearts had a like a stipulation uh, for their matches. And in this match, uh, it was the title versus uh, Bret's. Wrestling career in the United States. So if Bret lost, he would never wrestle in the United States ever again. Um, Shawn Michaels, the referee, and Shawn Michaels had been at word. if he if he did something to Bret Hart to cost Bret Hart a match match, uh, he did not do the, you know uh, do this fair. Then Shawn Michaels would be fired. I think.
1: No, I think with Shawn Michaels would also not be allowed to wrestle in the U.S.
0: Or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Some... yeah. So, the match ends, of course. Shawn Michaels accidentally hit The Undertaker. He tried to hit Bret Hart, but he missed. Uh, thankfully, yeah. because he saved his career. But he's The Undertaker. The Undertaker then gets pinned by by uh, Bret Hart. Uh, so, yeah, the excellence of execution versus... Uh, Lord of Darkness here for the WWF Championship. Uh, the end of uh, the raid for The Undertaker. This was his second title reign as uh, he had become champion for only a few days back in 1992. So the Attitude Era is born in a, lo- in a big way. This is what leads Shawn Michaels to going from losing his smile to gaining the worst attitude in the world. And yeah, this this really this was Eric's choice and a very good choice because this really this match kicked off so many things for the Attitude Era.
1: Yeah, but it also kicked off so many things for Undertaker, which I think is what we need to focus on. But because it would kicked off what one of our matches we watched last week, which would be the Hell in a Cell or Bad Blood with Shawn Michaels and the Undertaker. Shawn is. Undertaker tried to get revenge against Sean who cost him the championship. You know, now Mm -hmm. that Sean then was Sean was champion. So once again, you had a whole lot of elements. You had the, you know, arguably the top three stars of, of the world wrestling federation uh, there in one match. Um, You know, I, I thought it was funny that Sean came out second with his full entrance music and had pyro as a referee and JR said, now all the other WF refs are gonna want Pyro and their own music. That was what tickled me, because I thought that was silly, is that yeah, he was the special ref, but he came out second because Brett had Brett had to go out there and cut his promo and run down the crowd and play the Canadian national anthem, etc. Um, and I guess he had to do that before the referee got down there and everybody would cheer. Um but uh but I mean it was a heck of a match. And uh See Bret Hart working over the leg primarily of the Undertaker and trying to get the uh, to, to soften him up for the Sharpshooter. Um, Bret utilizing the figure four around the ring post to utilize the Sharpshooter around the ring post. At one point, um, he was doing everything he could, but he still couldn't put down the Undertaker. He couldn't make him submit. As this time, the Undertaker had never submitted, so they claim. I don't recall any time in a big match that he had up to this point. Um, But they were saying the Undertaker had never submitted. And uh, so that was the whole thing. Could Bret Hart do what no one else had done and make the Undertaker submit? And Bret Hart, being proud that he was and, and confident in his sharpshooter, knew that if he applied it, he would be able to get the Undertaker to submit. And when he finally got the Undertaker in the sharpshooter, beaten down, worn down, Undertaker powered off and ended up flinging Bret Hart out of the ring. Um and that you know later, a few minutes later, we would see the big chair shot to the undertaker's face um, that would lead to him getting pinned and losing his championship. But uh, no, it was a it was a wild and crazy match as one would expect. Um, you had Pillman and, and Owen Hart try to come down and, and interfere, but get stopped and not really be much of a factor as Sean was able to kind of get them away. Um, Undertaker came and pummeled them a little bit, but they did definitely didn't get involved the way they would, probably would have wanted to. Um, but no, I I definitely enjoyed it, and and I even though I knew the you know I know the outcome because they talked about the build up to Bad Blood, so we had literally just known that that Sean was going to kind of hit him with a chair, but um, it definitely seemed more inadvertent than they told it up when they were saying that it was. You know, at Bad Blood, when the Undertaker, when he was like that, he had intentionally waylaid the Undertaker um, with the chair only a few months earlier. But uh, no, it was a fun match. And this, yeah, especially for Eric, picked a good one.
2: Fun match. And was it really a really see match for Sean's, like, yeah uh, it, one of those 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 matches where it's like okay cool there's a lot happening um, in that match I mean from like you said the special ref with his own damn entrance and you know the whole stipulation it, it was it was a lot it was a lot but it was one of those things where back in the day WWF had you fully committed and drawn into what was happening. You could see that everybody was, like, all the crowd and everything was, everybody was into it and watching and you wanted to see, you know, whoever you wanted to see win. Like, okay, of course Brett won and, you know, he could continue to fight in the U.S. but, you know, hey, we were all American back then so we didn't want to see Brett. You Like, go back to Canada, whatever. Um, it was, it was, it was cool. It was cool. It was fine, uh, and it kicked off Undertaker stalking Shawn Michaels. Shawn eventually joined up with Hunter with DX. So it was a it was a kickoff of a lot of stuff, but um, it was a really really good match um, between these guys. And having Shawn was just kind of a, a icing on the proverbial cake there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean. So so much happened at uh, this match, which you know, with of course you know, Sean goes into DX, uh, Brad continuing to you know, with with his heel, pro you no know, anti-America persona, the so, and we see everything in for you know, uh, you know, with their basically, eventual collision at Survivor Series when The Undertaker, uh. You know, after this match, gone to feud with Shawn, they have their, you know, double counter match at ground zero. Then the Bad Blood match, uh, the Hell in a Cell match, uh, you know, House Bad Blood. Uh, Then out comes Kane, and then he's got to deal with Kane, uh, which they eventually wrestle at WrestleMania. Um, But, yeah, so we get that, and then, you know, for almost, for the next, we're gonna jump nine years. The, you know he, you know we, we, we know that what what he does, right? He eventually uh, joins the Ministry of Darkness. He he goes away, becomes the American Badass. Then the big evil, the Biker Taker, as I like to call him. Um, then, then then he goes away. He disappears. I think after the uh, Buried Alive match. Uh, against Vince McMahon. That's when he's gone. Uh, and, well, uh, up to... Then he eventually comes back in 2004 um, uh, as the new uh, the, the Undertaker, right? And uh, this is when we first see the, the... We see the old look of the Undertaker, but we see a more modern look, and then we see the, the combination of the... you know, the Deadman Undertaker with the fighting style of biker-taker. And, you know, he finally puts everything together to see the Undertaker that we've seen, basically, until his retirement match uh, at WrestleMania 36, or his last match, let's just say that. But, so we come all the way to 2006, all right? And uh, 2006, uh the Undertaker uh, is, uh, in, interrupts Kurt Angle as Kurt Angle uh, celebrating uh, another win for his WWE uh, World Heavyweight Championship. This is the big gold championship. And, uh, yeah, so they have a fantastic 30-minute match at No Way Out. Uh, which, you know, we start seeing, uh, I think it was around this time. Maybe it was not, or maybe it was a little bit earlier. I can't remember exactly, but, you know, he's, you know, the Undertaker's also doing some, um, you know, more, you know, he, this is for the Hell's Gate. He started doing like the triangle, more like MMA. Yeah, he was, he
1: was doing moves. a triangle choke instead of, yeah. Hell, instead of Hell's Gate. I don't think he'd created Hell's Gate. Yeah, yet.
0: But, man, here he goes against Angle. Uh, and these two guys just uh, got it. I think it, it was a match where really uh, Undertaker was put in a position where, where is he really going to tap out to the angle lock? It, it, looked, it looked like it could have been, uh, it could have happened, but uh, we see a great match that, you know, not only inside the ring, but man, outside the ring. Uh, And, of course, this is uh, The Undertaker looking like he's got the match won when he has uh, Kurt Angle in the uh, triangle choke. And just before, right like a second before Angle loses this match, he gets all the energy he can muster and flips himself around to basically be able to, uh, you know, put his uh, shoulders in the mat for a quick three count because, you know, in that type of position, you it's really hard to kick out of that, you know, and uh, Kurt, Kurt Angle, too, man, in 2006, uh, you know, this was, I think, before all the big injuries and the drug issues that led to his exit, but man, this right here, fantastic, man.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely really enjoyed this because, like you mentioned, he was back to being a little bit more of the dark, the dead man, but he was still using a lot of the offense of the American badass, including starting to utilize some of his jiu-jitsu style submissions um, and utilizing the triangle choke and angle at the top of his game. Angle is just so good and is so good at helping make his opponents look great as well. Um it was just it was a, it was a lot of fun and, and the ending was kind of wacky and wild and came out of nowhere um, you know the undertaker being pissed off that that he then now wasn't going to go to wrestlemania with the championship um, it was it was a lot of fun i enjoy, i definitely yeah. enjoyed it
2: it was that was one of those matches where you You know, you remember that The Undertaker was just human because Kurt Angle picked apart um, that body part going in for the Angle lock. Uh, Undertaker, you know, was limping around that, you know, huge, tall guys now broken down. And that Kurt Angles, if you didn't already know, Kurt Angle was like legit, legit. Like this is an Olympic gold medalist. This is an actual wrestler in here with the the dead man, with The Undertaker and, and picking him apart. Um, the ending was wacky. The ending was really weird um, where, you know, you Taker even, you know, like, oh, I won. You know, Kurt tapped out or passed out or whatever he thought um, happened. And it was like, uh, nope, sorry. <laughs> Your shoulders were down. Um, and you talked about the pin To see somebody pin the Undertaker like that um, back, back when he was way flexible because Undertaker was literally, you know, a small package in that pin where his whole body weight was down on his shoulders, like not only hard to kick out, he was still holding on to the hole that he had Curdy in when the, you know, the pin was over when the bell rang. So it was like really weird and ending. So, you know, I guess at one angle, if you were looking at it, you would have thought the Undertaker won, but. Nick Patrick referee and so you know there's there's that uh, talk about controversial refs, but again clean clean victory but just you know a lot of uh a lot of interesting facets in that one and uh it was good to see the dead man back with more tricks up his sleeve so
0: yeah uh, that that was, that's was definitely a great match i I, I had a few ahead of my hit about being which one did I really want to do and I thought that. Uh, I feel like, I mean, they've wrestled multiple times, but I feel like this match, because Undertaker had just come out of another hiatus right after his feud with Randy Orton the previous year. So now he comes back and, you know, he he challenges Kurt Angle, Angle, fresh new opponent, and uh, a great way to to really feature both guys. And uh, they look great. Uh, but, you know, it's funny because then Undertaker goes on to feud with Mark Henry. They have a WrestleMania match. Uh, but I can guarantee you one thing. In the eight match- WrestleMania matches that we covered, which I don't think we've decided yet, that one will not be one of them. All right. Um I think what we got 24, 25 matches of the Undertaker WrestleMania streak. I cannot remember.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, I don't remember the total number off the top of my head. Yeah, it's twenty. Yes, yeah, twenty six matches. Uh, for the the uh, WrestleMania matches. Uh, so I don't know. Uh. These were great matches that, that we've looked at last week were crazy this week as well. A lot of a lot of different matches uh, that we got to pick, a lot of different matches. The WrestleMania matches are going to be very interesting to see. Uh, now, Mika, I know you're the busiest woman in the world, uh, but do any WrestleMania matches kind of stick to you? Is, is there any yeah. that you think we must highlight? in the next two weeks.
2: Oh, years. my God. I mean, she's... Anything that you watch of, of Taker, um, especially during Wrestlemania time, because honestly that's when he was at his best. Everything that led up to Wrestlemania, especially in, in the latter portion of his, uh, his career, um, wasn't as good. Uh, but Whenever it was WrestleMania time, whenever you had um, Undertaker coming out and, and doing what he does, that's when it was good. Um, I know that I'm I'm a, a, a Triple H fan um, in the ring, and I love to see Undertaker and Triple H go at it. Whenever they were having a feud, just watching the, um, the cowardliness of Triple H and just the dominance of Undertaker, uh, I know that they, I, I don't know which Mania it was, but actually a couple of Manias. <laughs> um, those two uh, went at it. So any of those will always be good to go back and watch because both guys are always on top of their game um, whenever it came to WrestleMania time.
0: Yeah. So if you had to choose, if you had to choose a. Triple H, Undertaker match. Will you select uh, WrestleMania uh, 27, which was at the Georgia Dome in a no-holds-bar match, or 28, which was the Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels as a special guest there referee. Was, well, there was also 17. There was also WrestleMania
1: oh, yeah, 17 yeah. for Triple H. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I about that. I uh, that. Again,
2: again there there's if I had to pick one Hell in a cell. Hell in a cell is always uh <laughs> Hell in a cell is always something. Whenever you know that you, you drop that cell on down and anybody climbs in there it's good. But Hell in a Cell with The Undertaker, with Triple H with these two guys kinda going at it, with Sean um, you know, in the middle of it, uh uh older Sean in the middle of it. Uh, take her with this crazy mohawk hair deal. Yeah, that one. I, I, I'd definitely go that one.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny because we, we we actually purposely chose not to highlight the WrestleMania match that everybody is probably thinking about. Uh, not, not the WrestleMania, the Hailing Match is from King of the Ring is Mankind. It's like I told Danny, he's like, that's more really the Mankind thing because Undertaker, all. The, the, he won the match, but then he just basically threw mankind around. So, uh, if we're going to talk about Hell in Cell match, that would be a good opportunity. Uh, let me just quickly run down through these matches. Uh, we get Undertaker versus Jimmy Snuka. Uh, his first ever WrestleMania match, but Snuka is problematic, so we'll skip him. Uh, then uh, WrestleMania Eight against Jake Roberts. WrestleMania 9 against Giant Gonzalez at Caesars Palace. Uh, WrestleMania uh, 11 against King Kong Bundy. Uh, And that's when he was in his feud with the million dollar team there. Um, WrestleMania 12 against Big Daddy Cool Diesel. Of course, Diesel had cost uh, The Undertaker his uh, match at the Royal Rumble against Bret Hart. Uh, WrestleMania 12, 13, sorry, uh, against Psycho Sid, where he won the WWF Championship. Uh, WrestleMania 14 against Kane, their first ever match. Uh, WrestleMania 15 against the Big Boss Man in a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, WrestleMania 17 against Triple H, which Danny mentioned. WrestleMania 18, in another disqualification match against Ric Flair, um, WrestleMania 14? No, I, I can oh 19. My new my Roman numerals things throw me off. Uh, this was and a handicap talk match. You about Roman
2: numerals earlier.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, CC 300. <laughs> that's all <what> I remember. <laughs> A-Train and the Big Show against Undertaker. Yeah, we're definitely not watching that. Uh, WrestleMania mm-hmm. 20 against uh, Kane. Uh, WrestleMania 21 against Randy Orton. WrestleMania 22. Uh, I oh, And, yeah, WrestleMania 21 was the first time where, you know, the streak was called the streak. Uh, WrestleMania. And Randy Orton, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, WrestleMania 22 against Mark Henry in a Casket match. and yeah, we're not gonna watch that one. Uh, WrestleMania 23 uh, against Batista. I believe uh, that it was for the World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, if I remember, I think uh, Undertaker won that one. Uh, yes, but, uh, he did i did. Remember? Uh, he did. Oh yeah, he did it with Duh.
2: Yes, and we're in I'm, the street, <laughs>
0: Yeah, sorry, we're still in the middle of the street. I'm an idiot, but that's all right. Uh, Undertaker against Edge at WrestleMania 24. Uh, again, another w- another win, uh, a successful defender of the World Heavyweight Championship. Shawn Michaels uh, then counts at uh, 24 and 25, no, 25 and 26. So we watched 25, so we may watch 26. We'll see. Uh, 27 28 against Triple H. 29 against CM Punk at uh, MetLife Stadium. Uh, I think uh, that one may be in the running. I don't know. We may see what everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last match. Yeah. And then, of course, the streak ends against Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 31 against Bray Wyatt, WrestleMania 32 against Shane McMahon, uh, WrestleMania 33 against Roman Reigns. That's what his second loss at WrestleMania. Uh, WrestleMania 34 against John Cena. I was there. And then uh, WrestleMania 36 against AJ Styles in his last match. Uh, yeah, so I know, lots of matches. 26 to choose from. We get to choose... Four next week and four in two weeks uh, is going to be exciting. Uh, Denny, any any thoughts about a, a match that sticks out to you from those 26?
1: Um, I'm probably going to need a little time to uh, narrow down. I got a couple I'm thinking of, but right. I don't want to pick one that somebody else was going to pick. It's true.
0: It's true. Well, I think, I think we can definitely pencil down – uh, was it the uh, Hell in a Cell against Triple H? Uh, the M- the Big, Mickey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Because whether you hear not, Mickey Villas, we definitely want to make sure uh, to honor you and uh, and your your picks of matches. My so, love of yeah. the game. There we go. Another, hey, there you go. There you go. Every pun intended. Uh, well, uh, that is it for tonight. Uh, uh, we, 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 once again, did not hit the three-hour mark. I did not get the stuff uh, to shut it down uh, notice from Podbean. So we are rock and Uh Thank you all for listening. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, we are on Podbean, iTunes, Twitter, TuneIn, Google Play. Check out all of the back uh, episodes. uh are uh, some problematic people on on our former episodes. I'm not taking those out. Listen to them. Don't listen to them. It's whatever you want to do. Uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at FOW Radio. Danny's on Twitter at Danny F. Danger. Uh Mika's on Twitter at MikaVillas. Uh, Eric is on Twitter. Well, he may not be on Twitter right now, but he is on Twitter at j 423 I'm on Twitter at YellowmanPA. And until next time, keep watching wrestling.
1: Bye.